Looking to take your career or small business to the next level? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Melissa Washington Show with your host, Melissa Washington. Hello and welcome to the Melissa Washington Show. Um, today I have um, my very special guest on is Sarah Spiker. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit today. I'm going to share a little bit about your 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 background, which I find very um, intriguing, and your your different um, transitions that you've had, um, like so many of us, and also to um, the whole part of balancing being a mom and a wife, and I could totally relate to that. Um, and I know a lot of women that I talk to st- struggle with that, or they just don't know how they can help find that that balance or that transition. So I love um, for us to be able to talk about that and everything that you're doing um, in your in your current position and pretty much how you got there. So I, I find, so your mom, you've got two little ones. How old are your little ones? My younger one is turning one. And the older one is, I should say, three and a half going on 35. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally, totally relate that to that. So, you know, you ha- you've got the little ones, you've got your business, and you've, you've in a sense, also um, have reinvented yourself through um, losing your job. And I definitely want to talk about that, too, because, you know, I'm very similar coming from corporate America to starting a business. But what I find... Um, very intriguing is you were, and I was reading your LinkedIn profile, you played basketball, not just basketball. You Tell us a little bit about that. I, I'm always intrigued by these things. Um, sure, yes. Basketball has been a huge part of my life for, oh my, over 15 years. Um, I started when I was in third grade because all of my friends played, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I remember I was so bad that I did not make any team and I wanted to quit, but my parents told me, because just prior to that, I quit two or three different sports. And they told me, listen, if you want to get good in something, you have to stick with it. And you can't just keep changing your mind. You know, you committed to that, the team relies on you, even if you play a game or not, you'll get better. Keep trying. Um, and my height was probably helpful as well um right now i mean after i stopped growing i stopped at 6-1 uh so that was a big factor in that yeah um i did make a national team eventually uh was a captain of the team at european championship but then when it was time to finish high school and go to college um you know in europe that's where i'm from from slovenia we have a different system where school and athletics are separated Uh, You play for a club that has nothing to do with school and vice versa. Um, So I made a conscious decision to stop playing basketball to focus on college. Little did I know, um, I got a phone call one day from Division I basketball coach in Brooklyn who wanted me to to be on her team. (laughs) Wow. And my thought was like, "Uh, no, because you're more than 30 minutes away from home. I am not going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My parents were the ones who, again, had the say in it, and they encouraged me to at least give it a try. Um, they convinced me that I, I, you know, they said, you rather try it and see how it goes versus living with the regret later on for not even trying. So it was 11 years ago when I sat on the airplane with three little suitcases and ended up downtown Brooklyn. Wow. 
absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal journey. Amazing. So you're going to school. So when you're going to school, was your thought of playing basketball professionally, or did you want to get into corporate America, start a business? I mean, what were you kind of thinking when you were in college? That is a great question because at the time I had no idea. Um, okay. I know my teammates from home and new teammates in college, some of them had the ambition to play professional. Um, I think I was more geared towards let's get a degree and then um, since I started, I enrolled into my sophomore year, I still got a chance to enroll in master's program as well, which I finished later on. Um, I always had my mind set on more a professional side in terms of let's get a job. Um, Later on, when my husband and I moved, I found a list that I made at the age of 17 of all the goals that I wanted to reach, you know, within 10 years. I completely forgot about that list until I found it on my uh, 28th birthday. Um, And one of the things was, you know, I wanted to work in corporate. I wanted to be able to walk through Central Park to and from work. I wanted to live in Manhattan and every single thing was checked off. I got this <laughs> um, including, you know, getting married, starting a family. Those two were checked off as well. So it's amazing the power of the list and intentions that you're setting. Interesting. But to go back to your question originally, um, I never, at least then, I have not envisioned myself as an entrepreneur. I knew eventually once I started a business school that I wanted to be a business consultant, but that was as far as I got. Got it. And then, so you were you were working in corporate America, right? And I was reading. So then, you and your husband, you both lost your job the same week, and both of you were in, working in corporate America. No, my husband still has his knocking on wood. He's been with the same company for quite some time now. Uh, very happy with it. Um, I was the one who lost my job. You were lost your job. Yes. And then. Right, the way everything goes. Right, it's always one, and then then you find out you're pregnant. Same week. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, right, but isn't that the way things go? Right, you find out something, and then something else. But what a blessing, right, for you, it because was. the way everything turns out. So, so talk to me about that. I mean, you you get laid off from corporate America. Now, were you, what were you? Th- I mean, um, I, I can't imagine probably what you were thinking. I mean all these things going on, was the plan, okay, maybe I'll just be a stay-at-home mom or maybe I'll go back to corporate America or maybe this is my opportunity to start a business? I mean, what what was kind of, what were you, what was going on at that time? That's a fantastic question. I will try not to go into politics. Okay. But what I started to realize when I was working for corporate America was how society was not geared to support women who mm-hmm. have families. You know, where I grew up, a woman got a year of maternity leave. Dad got three months of paternity leave paid because the system is different. Um, of course, there's a whole machine and the whole tax system and different stuff that goes behind it that it's too complex for this conversation right now. Yep. Um, but I started to realize those things here that um, one of my jobs that I had, I had five days of vacation, no sick days, and because the company was smaller than 50 employees, there was no insurance anyway, um, maternity leave, forgot, forget about it. Um, the company that I eventually got laid off, I think they offered 12 weeks because they're in New York City. Uh, but even that, you know, 12 weeks, are you kidding me? That's unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> but then, 
you know, I started to weigh things, and um, we just moved into a new house, so the bills had to be paid. Um, my parents, both of my parents are entrepreneurs, so I did see that part of um, the lifestyle that we were able to create, and it was very appealing to me because it still gave me a purpose beyond being a mom, and I'm not saying that being a mom is not enough. Absolutely not, but um, personally, that was not the path that I saw myself going down to. So I started a business, um, had to have it up and running by the time the baby arrived. So it was a strict deadline, that's for sure. <laughs> so when you start a business, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, when you think about, you know, going back to that time, what how did you figure out what you were going to start doing? Was it something you were good at? Was it something you might have already had clients? How did you really start to think about, okay, this is what I'm going, this is what my business is going to be? The biggest regret that I have in that regard was not having enough confidence to, um, using another cliche, um, stand in my power. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I resorted to good to great book. This was one of my favorite yeah. books that I read through um, in the business school. And there's a hedgehog concept on one of the pages. (laughs) And it discusses, you know, what you're great at, what you could get paid for, and what your passion is. So I had that above my desk, and I was trying to figure it out for quite some time. So I figured, you know, the flexibility that I wanted, I still wanted to be able to travel to and from Europe, working from anywhere in the world, looking at my skill set. Starting a VA business sounded great at the time. So talk about VA, so some people might not know what a VA is. VA is a virtual assistant, is a skilled professional with different uh, skill set, different expertise, who works with um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, virtually. Um, and they can handle anything from uh, regular administration to um, more complex strategizing to pretty much like your executive assistant in the office, just that they work remotely. Um, so that's what I started it sounded great at first, but then I realized I was not really good in taking orders and, you know, really dealing with those teeny tiny details that you have to when somebody trusts you with their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, what I did was um, I built a team around me and I moved into the consulting position, which is what I essentially wanted to and where my clients got the most of the value. So tell me about what you do now. So tell, let's talk, so business consultant, that's a very just general term. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, I mean, who do you work with or what do you, what do you help um, them do? Absolutely. You know, it all started when my second daughter was born. And I found myself crying in a, in a closet at 2 in the morning. I was exhausted. <laughs> um, money was great. I was able to take three months off. <laughs> my team was supporting my clients. One of the clients even emailed me. She said, you know, if I hear from you before your maternity leave is up, I'm going to fire you. You take your time. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but something was missing. So what I realized was that even though the clients were great, the team was amazing, this was not what I personally felt my time and energy should be spent on with two little ones at home. Um, so I finally decided to let go of the virtual business management part and only keep the consulting part. So that evolved now into me supporting other women entrepreneurs who are either growing their families, 
or going through some kind of life transitions themselves. You know, ironically, we always teach what we need to learn, right? Um, and then what we do with them is really go beyond the regular marketing strategy, these sales scripts, confidence exercises, and really take a look into the basics of their business to see what's keeping them stuck, what's holding them back, what's preventing them from reaching their goals, which could be, you know, um, revenue goals, um, time that they have with their family, flexibility that they have, um, and then just go from there, see what they're missing, put it in place, and they're good to go. So what do you find with, um, you know, the different um, people that you're working with? What do you think that's holding them back? The biggest component that I am finding is missing from those businesses is my clients' strengths and personalities. You know, they're so driven by expectations of others, by Mm -hmm. the examples (laughs) others are setting, and what on the outside seems that is working, they're they're completely disconnecting from their own core values. Um, So if we just take an example, let's say you're on a sales call with somebody, and you're trying to persuade them. You have the whole script that you're supposed to walk through. Something's still not clicking. They're still saying no, and you hear no and no and no. There could be many reasons. One of them could be that the offers that you have don't align with you, so subconsciously you're telling yourself, please don't buy, please don't buy, please don't buy, because I do not want to work on those terms. (laughs) Um, You're setting yourself up, right? (laughs) (laughs) It could also be that your marketing strategy is not set up correctly, so you're talking to the wrong people. Um, It could be, and that's one of the mistakes that I've learned, um, was treating the top-tier prospect the same as pre-qualified leads, um, top-tier leads, same as you would uh, pre-qualified prospects. Those are completely different conversations you're having. You know, you're building a relationship to lead them to the fact, to the point when they can say, okay, I want to learn more. How can I work with you? I'm ready. So there's so many different moving parts, but essentially it really, yeah, it comes down to what they stand for, who they are, and then their family dynamics. You know, if you don't have time to be on calls 24-7 because you have little ones to take care of, you have household to run, you know, reaching out one-on-one, making cold calls is not the best strategy for you. Yep. And just because somebody else told you to do that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and I, and I actually, it's interesting you say that because that's what I, I always share with people. Don't compare yourself to others because we're all in different situations. What may work for you may not work for me. Um, and it's okay. You know, exactly. it's okay. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk, cause it's one of my favorite subjects is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about having to make calls and a lot of people like cringe up when they have to make discovery calls, prospecting. Um, so this is something is this the, something you talk about, right, with, with your clients and, and helping them. Um, with, like you, said, you mentioned the sales scripts and different confidence exercises that you have. Um, so share with me a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up LinkedIn. Of course, that's what you're um, expert in. And LinkedIn is an extremely powerful tool. I wish uh, people were not as afraid of it as they are. Um, because it's a great way to reach out to new people, to really build those relationships. 
And I think it's one of my favorite quotes comes from, I believe, is um, Grant Cardone who said it. The differ- difference between contact and contract is letter R, and letter mm. R stands for relationships. Um, so, yeah, definitely one of the things that I work with clients is to find whether it's LinkedIn that they should be focusing on, whether it's Facebook or any other avenue. But if we just focus on LinkedIn itself, you know, there's so many people out there that you can reach to, not necessarily to pitch them on the first call. Ask about them. You know, be the connector. The world that we live in, it's so easy to meet people from around the world. Um, that's how you and I met, through common connections. Yep. That we've never come across if it wasn't for social media to begin with. Absolutely. Um, and just be of service. Um, if they ask you what you do, you know, you don't have to sell them on what you do. If it's the right fit, if you present it valuable enough um, in the right way, they might ask you for more or they might have somebody else who they know could use your service. You know, so be patient, build a relationship, pre-educate them, and then um, another most important part is learn to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's so hard. I, you know, it's, it's a woman thing too, right? We just say yes, 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 or we just don't say anything. And they, they, then the expectation is, yeah, you said yes. So, yes, I learned to say no, absolutely. Exactly. Learn to say no and trust your gut. If gut, your gut tells you that that's not the right person to work with, it doesn't matter how good the money is, it's probably the best way to just walk away and say, sorry, I'm not the right person. But yeah. I can introduce you to somebody who might be. Absolutely, and having those connections. Absolutely, it's all about making those, building those relationships, um, and having that. So, what if you know, just you know, say we go back to your yourself, and you come across someone who is in a similar situation, was in corporate America as a mom, and they want to make that transition to an entrepreneur, but maybe they just don't have that that confidence, or they just don't know what to do. What 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 advice would you would you give that woman? My first advice to them would be to understand they know more than they, they think, mm-hmm. um, to be confident, um, and to seek support, build a community around yourself of people who have been there, who have done it, um, who are going to be honest with you, who you can bounce ideas off. Um, and just guide you. And I know sometimes it's hard to find the budget, even though now that we're talking about it, it's never about the money. It's always about prioritizing. Yep. If you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. But still, you know, if you don't have a budget to hire somebody immediately, you know, you might want to consider it because it's going to save you hours and hours, if not weeks, months of years of agonizing, trying to figure out on your own and losing opportunities. But try to find a mentor, try to find an advisor, somebody that you can um, work with. And it doesn't have to be all in one person. It could could be different people. Um, And just get out there. You know, meet new people. Go to networking events. um, Host teleclasses. Host seminars. uh, Workshops in your area. Get your name out there. Because the best way to learn is through experience. No, there's so it's kind of funny mm-hmm. when I started out, I hired a coach, and um, they were telling me all those things that did not make much sense to me then because I only had to experience them 
myself and only after a couple of years, like, oh, that's what you meant. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I, yep, yep. Um, so don't let anything stop you. And here's an advice that one of my clients offered to her community, and I thought it was brilliant. So often we strive to be um, that professional out there, the high-level, sought-after expert. It takes time to get there. But still, to somebody, you are an expert exactly where you are right now with exactly what you have, and somebody wants you exactly what you have to offer right this second. So until you go out there and show them what you have, they won't be able to find you. Um, and if you think about it, when you're in first grade, third graders are, you know, oh, my God, they are so cool. Mm-hmm. When you get to the third grade, it's like, oh, nothing special, but look at eighth graders. Oh, my God. And so on. And it's the same in business, you know, when you each level that you're at, experiences that you have are at a certain level. So you always have a base of potential clients behind you who are still following your footsteps. Yep. And I love how you talk. Uh, you have your. Um, I was looking at the the PDF that you showed. This document. Build your business around your family flexibility and freedom. Love, love, love that. Um, you know. And then of course, you know, not knocking corporate America, but I've been there. But a lot of it's it's not. It's it's around the business. It's not around that that flexibility in your family. But you know, to become an entrepreneur and to have that that flexibility and that freedom and, and most importantly being able to balance or however you want to call that or of harmony with, with that family time. And again, it's, I think that's going back to two is what's important. Um, so with that, so how can someone, you know, they're listening, how, what's the best way for them to find out more information about you? If you can share your website and, and then how, you know, if someone's interested, should they email you? How, what's the best way to do that? Whatever works for them. Some people are better with email. Some people are better with social media. Others are better with um, picking up a, a phone and making a call. <laughs> yep. Um, yes. So I don't know. I presume this is going to be in the notes as well. Yes, it will be in the notes. Absolutely. Perfect. So, yeah, my website is kind of a centralized information for everything that you need, including the content information, www.sarahoblackspiker.com. Uh, phone number 646-801-0681 and um, social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, not so much anymore, but still Sarah Oblex Spiker or just Google it up and I'll be there. Um, I'm always open to hopping on a call with each and every one of you um, listeners if you have any questions hear what you have going on, what your vision is, see how you can be supported either by me or somebody that I know. I always love to make referrals and introductions. So um, I welcome any, everybody to reach out if they have any questions, and um, we'll talk. No, I love that. You know, and that's, you know, <clears throat> been one of my mottos even more so now is women empowering women. Um, you know, we're, we're so easy to break each other down, but if, you know, we can help, and I love how, when I talk to other women like you to want to be, that want to help empower um, other women um, out there. Yeah. And you're also a, a best-selling author. So I just wanted to, to share that. So you have your, your book. So what brought on writing, writing a book? That is an interesting story. Um, when, I think, yeah, it was, oh my goodness, almost two years ago. Oh my gosh, sci-fi is... Um, 
when my husband and I found out we were expecting the second baby, it was make it or break it in the business. Like, okay, I got to figure out a way to really make this lucrative and leveraged, or I can just close it down because I won't be able to sustain it with two little kids with the working hours that I was putting in. So I joined a mastermind that I'm still a part of for, it was such a lottery investing. It was less than $500 for what they're charging. I think it's $6,000 per year now. I mean, (laughs) I was really lucky. And that connected me to some of the most amazing people that I know up to date. And um, including the main author, Melissa Krivacek of this book, she previously published two books in, I believe, three months. And this was her third book she wanted to work on as a collaboration with different authors. So she reached out. She said, you know, do you want to participate? Sure. Why not? You know, it would be an interesting project. Um, So it all happened between um, when I found out I was pregnant, joined the mastermind, up-leveled the business, hired a whole team, hired a sales team, get a book out, took the maternity leave. You know, it was a very intense year. Um, And it's just a privilege to be in the same book as Les Brown, as um, Marcy Locke, Melissa Krivacek, who just now published her fourth book, Millionaires and Money, uh, Sex, Sales, and Seduction. I can't wait to read that one. Um, so, yeah, it's been just um, a ver- an experience that I'm very grateful for. Oh, amazing. And they can find that on Amazon. I also have a link, too, on um on, on the post, too, where they can get that copy as well. Fantastic. Absolutely. Also, they can get it through directly through my website if they want um, autographed copy as well. Fantastic. And I, and I, love, um, I love your journey uh, because a lot of times, you know, some people, you know, they may work in corporate America 30 years or 10 years, and then they, or they may realize, okay, I, I need to do something else, and, it, and it's okay. I mean, there, there are opportunities out there, and we have to create them and find mentors and connect. And I just love the way you keep, um, and I don't say reinventing, because it's, and I'm kind of in that position right now, where I like to say I'm re-engineering, because you're taking, right, you took your virtual assistant business, and then you created the business consulting author, and I'm sure there's going to be something next for you, I'm sure. Um, just continuing to to do what you do. So um, is there anything else in closing that you wanted to share with the listeners? Oh, my goodness, there's so much to (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I will try to keep it short and um, specifically to go back to the building business around family flexibility and freedom. First of all, trust that wherever you are right now is where you're meant to be. You can't skip the steps. It always, everything works out in the end, and there's a reason why things are going the way they're going. Um, but in order to build a business that is going to support you, your strength, um, your family, I would just like to share five quick points that they can find in the PDF, including the exercises they can do in order to be able to apply those points to their businesses. Um, you know, we talked about trust who you are and um, stay true to who what your core values are. Also, um, the second one is that know that the business model is going to have to be adjusted every single time something happens in your life and every single time a shift happens in your business, which is called the business life cycle. Um, Those are different stages, so embrace those. 
marketing yourself, again, it's tied with what you stand for and what your strengths are, as well as who you serve. So whatever works for somebody else might not work for you. Management, that's a big one when you have little ones running around. Uh, find what works for you either by automating, eliminating, um, leveraging, or even outsourcing. Outsourcing is very powerful, and it's an investment. It's definitely not an expense. Um, and speaking of outsourcing, the support, which is the final fifth step. You know, Find out who do you need. Do you need a virtual assistant? Do you need a project manager? Do you need a virtual business manager? Or on the other hand, is it a coach? Is it a consultant, mentor, advisor? Each and every one of them plays a very different role in your business, so be, be sure that you know what you need and what you're looking for before you hire any one of them. Fantastic. I love how you said that. I, and I, I've never really looked at it, that outsourcing as an investment, not an expense. And I think that helps too because when we're, we know we need to outsource, whether it's outsourcing somebody to help you clean the house so you can spend more time doing what you love or just other ways to outsource, right, or a virtual admin. But if you look at it, I think it makes it feel a little bit easier, feel a little bit that it's an investment, not an expense. I love that. If we, I know we, ha- we are very short on the time here, but um, just as an example of outsourcing how it um, relates to sales, um, let's imagine that currently with everything that you have going on in your business, you have time to talk to maybe 10 prospects in a month, and let's say that you close three of them, get $15,000 out of them every single month. Um, when you outsource and when you free up enough time every single week that you can talk to 10 prospects and turn them into clients, now you go from 15000 a month to 15000 a week because you outsourced other things and you open up the time that you ha- can have those conversations. So this is just you know an example for sales. Um, you can also open up the time to take care of yourself, to be with your family. Um, Every single thing, like you mentioned, to clean the house, take care of the garden, walk the dog, do the dishes, um, cook. (laughs) You know, there's countless of resources out there and things that you could focus on instead of um, spending time on things that are not making you money or not making you happy. And that's, you know, and and another thing, too, is you – is these are also other businesses that women can start, right? That, you know, if you think about it, these are other services that women could start. Because, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to women, and, I mean, even there's services where women run errands for others. I mean, so if you think about the things you can outsource to, those are other businesses that other women could start. I mean, so it's kind of like a full circle where you're, in a sense, you could be helping each other too, um, outsourcing things that you don't like but other people like, and they can make a business out of it. Oh, absolutely. And there's a variety of those services, like you mentioned, um, I think um, the most typical one for us to think of first is a cleaning lady. Sometimes you mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm hiring a cleaning lady. But there's so much more. It, it could be a personal shopper. It could be a personal stylist, personal assistant, a uh, personal chef, um, a babysitter, you know, um, a nanny. So many different options are out there. Um, a tutor for the kids to... Um, to do homework, 
the co-author of the book, Marcy Locke, you know, she has a house manager who handles every single thing within the house so she can really focus on being the best mom she can be and running uh, multiple seven-figure businesses um, that she has because she knows what her strengths are, she knows what her role of genius is and what everything else she knows where she's not supposed to spend her time and energy on. Absolutely. And again, it's what works for each individual and what they're able to do. Um, exactly. Too. So, I mean, if there's certain things that you like to do, like scrubbing toilets, then you don't need to outsource that. <laughs> so it's just those things, whatever you, you enjoy doing, spend time, spend time doing that too. Um, I would love to have you back on because I can continue just to continue to talk to you because I, I love what you're sharing again, not just for me personally, um, but also too for um, even men, I mean, that are out there listening um, that are kind of, they might be just in that, that fork in the road or in that, in that transition point and just really looking for words of encouragement and knowing that it's possible and you've given some great tips. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you um, so much for your, your time today. This is, this is seriously awesome. Well, it has certainly been my pleasure, and um, I would love to be back because obviously you and I could talk for hours. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Ms. Yeah, Ms. yeah, and you'd reference one of my favorite books, Good to Great, Jim Collins. Actually, it's, his um, book is on my shelf, so that's a, a fantastic read for, for anyone um, there. Is. So, Sarah Spiker, I, again, thank you so much, and um, your website is um, – I'll just spell it out just in case someone's – may not have time to get back to look at the website, but it's S-A-R-A-O-B-L-A-K-S-P-E-I-C-H-E-R.com. And it's, I was on your website, very informative. You have so much, so much information um, on here and fantastic. Again, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Right, you've been listening to the Melissa Washington Show. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Melissa Washington Show. Branding, career transitioning, marketing, you name it, she's got you covered. Head on over to MelissaWashington.com to stay up to date and get access to past shows. We'll see you next time.